Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. This month I'm joined by another Alex, one of our regional higher education advisors. Welcome Alex. Hello. So Alex, the main UCAS application season is nearly over for another year, but can you tell us what support we have for any students who might still be making up their mind? Yep, we've got quite a few things going on over the next kind of couple of months. Um, The first thing is our personal statement webinars. We're very aware that students will still be at a variety of different stages with their personal statements. Some will have started, some of them won't even have started thinking about it. So we've got support for kind of students who are at all levels. Um, Our webinars are really good for helping students to make a start on their personal statements, help them to think about what kind of things they can be putting in there, give them a structure to write it and just create a personal statement that really sells themselves concisely to wherever it is that they're applying for. They also get a copy of our free digital workbook if they do it. They're running on two dates. So the first one is Tuesday the 6th of December and the second one is the 10th of January and those are at 430 PM and students can register for those at uea.ac.uk forward slash study forward slash webinars. If you can't remember that, they can just type in UEA webinars into Google and the correct page will Great. come up. Yeah, I'll also pop uh, a link to that in the show notes. So fabulous. So we've got some personal statement webinars uh, there. Is there anything if people, obviously our open days are finished for another year, um, if people want to visit campus, is that still an option? Yep, absolutely. So our open days are finished, but our campus is absolutely still open. You can book for a tour of our beautiful campus, which is located on the edge of Norwich. You'd be shown around by a current student and have the chance to put your questions to one of our UEA's HEA advisors, like me. These are happening on Monday the 12th of December, Friday the 16th of December, Saturday the 14th of January, Friday the 20th of January, and Monday the 23rd of January. So as you can hear, there's still a lot of opportunities to come onto campus. If you do want to come, you can book a tour slot on our website, uea.ac.uk forward slash visit, and just click the campus tours button and that will take you through the whole process. Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education advice podcast for teachers and advisors. Brought to you by UEA. I'm pleased to say that this month we're joined by two guests from our outreach team here at UEA. Scott Knight, Head of Outreach, and Liz Ferguson, who is one of our widening participation officers. Welcome, both of you. Hello. Hi. We're going to be talking to Liz shortly uh, about support for care leavers and estranged students. But first of all, Scott, you're here to tell us a bit more about the introduction of a new contextual admissions process here at UEA. Could you just start by explaining what the term contextual admissions actually means? 
Sure. So what we mean by contextual admissions is using additional information about an applicant to assess their potential to succeed within higher education in the context of their educational experiences. Um, so how, what that means in practice is that we might then uh, provide a reduced offer for that student to study um, at UEA, or we might use contextual criteria um, when we're assessing a student's application for then inviting them to an interview or an audition. Lovely. Thanks for that, Scott. And can you tell me, why is this something that we are doing here at UEA? Sure. So um, it's part of our broader um, outreach and widening participation strategy. So within the outreach team, uh, our mandate is to reduce uh, gaps in equality of opportunity for students from underrepresented or disadvantaged groups. Um, so with that in mind, we as a university have to submit a plan to the Office for Students, who are our regulator, which sets out how we're going to reduce those gaps for the students that we work with. Um, so part of that plan, um, is diversifying the student body at UEA and reducing any barriers to entry throughout that applicant journey for students. Um, UCAS um, are reporting that by 2026 there are going to be up to a million applicants to university compared to the 700,000 that we had for this cycle. So with that in mind there's potentially increased competition for um, HE places um, across the country. And what we know about uh, particularly high achieving disadvantaged students um, are more likely to, to receive lower grade predictions from their schools and colleges and therefore make less aspirational choices uh, that can have a real risk to social mobility for those students. So we wanted to, to act as a university to try and mitigate some of those barriers. Uh, the additional context um, is we're signed up to the UUK Admissions Code of Practice and what that means is a set of policies, uh, doctrines that we will, um, will abide by that are all about working in the interests of applicants. So that includes admissions processes that reduce inequalities and address uh, real or perceived barriers uh, for students from underrepresented groups throughout that applicant journey. Thanks, Scott. That's really helpful. Um, so how do you decide who actually receives a contextual offer? So we have three different schemes that we run at UEA. Um, so the first is uh, about local students uh, who are from particular school or colleges that we've partnered with. Um, so that information comes from the outreach team each year and then we apply a contextual offer for those students. Uh, the second scheme that we run is linked to specific longitudinal outreach programmes that we deliver. So, for example, we run a programme called Preparing for Medicine, which does exactly that. It prepares students for studying medicine at UEA or elsewhere. And students who have taken part in that programme are eligible for a guaranteed interview for one of our med programmes at UEA. Um, the third and the newest um, contextual offer programme that we will be running for this year, so for 2023 entry, will be the use of some new data that comes from UCAS, which is called MEM. So MEM stands for the Multiple Equality Measure, and that brings together four different bits of data about an applicant for us to then 
apply to provide a contextual offer for students. So that brings together uh, whether a student is eligible for free school meals. It includes the school type that a student was uh, was at for their secondary education. It includes um, IDACI, which is an income deprivation measure and includes polar, which is a postcode measure linked to progression rates to higher education um, in different postcode areas. So those four things combined will give a student a score of one to five, um, and we can then apply that. So if a student um, receives either a one or a two out of the five, then we will provide those students with a reduced offer. Um, in terms of what that offer actually would be for students, um, that's an up to a two grade reduction from the typical offer that might be advertised on our website. Um, if it's an interviewing or an auditioning course, then we would use the contextual criteria that we've been provided through UCAS to then make that assessment on whether to invite a student to an interview or to an audition. Lovely. Thanks, Scott. Um, obviously, UEA is not the only university who are providing these. So is there anything else that you think advisors or students need to be aware of around contextual offers? Yes, so the biggest thing to uh, to reference, I guess, is that not all universities will uh, be offering contextual missions um, and not all universities will apply contextual missions in the same way. So uh, it is really quite varied across the higher education sector in terms of how they apply contextual admissions. Um, typically, uh, universities will normally combine an individual measure about a student and an area-based measure to make decisions about whether to um, offer contextual admissions or not but there currently isn't a consistent tool that's used by everybody um, our dream is that MEM this UCAS measure becomes that uh, standardized tool just so that we can be really clear with applicants on the information that we use the data we collect and how we apply it across the university sector but that currently doesn't exist so what I would suggest if you're speaking to applicants and supporting students to make decisions is for those students to check university websites and get in touch with universities to find out a bit more about first whether they offer contextual admissions and then how they apply that so what information they use if it's something that a student will need to apply for or not and crucially what support those students will receive when they're at university um, so at UEA we are really keen to diversify our student body um, so that it reflects the region um, and sort of the future workforce that we would like um, but we don't want that diversifying of the student body to be to the detriment of student participation and the student experience so we are looking at what that means for our support services so I would encourage students who are looking at contextual offers to also think about that student experience what support is available once they arrive at the university um, so with all of those things in mind we're really keen that students don't use contextual missions alone to drive their decision making uh, students should still be looking at if that university is a place that they will feel supported feel welcome that they have an interest in uh, where the course that they've chosen would suit what they're interested in pursuing um, so a really a real basket of measures really um, not just the contextual missions alone subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode okay so moving on to you Liz could you tell us a bit more about some of the student groups that you support 
Yeah, of course. So part of my role at the university is to work with students who have experience of living in local authority care or family estrangement. So they have no contact with birth or adoptive parents. Um, So this also includes students who perhaps weren't under a formal care agreement with their local authority, but perhaps lived with family in a kinship care arrangement. And also um, young people who are subject to immigration control, so unaccompanied asylum seeker young people. Um, All of these groups of students are typically underrepresented at higher education. So we look to provide activities to support their decision making before they choose a course um, and a university. And then for those that do want to come and study at UEA itself, a bit of enhanced support before and when they arrive. Excellent. That's great, Liz. And what kind of challenges do you find that these young people tend to face? Yeah, it can be really varied. Um, Many students might have um, financial concerns and some might need reassurance around things like accommodation being available during the long university holidays. So um, universities might offer bursaries for care experienced or estranged students and they may offer year-round accommodation options as well. So um, we want to help students um, find out about those services at universities. We also sometimes need to help students who are estranged from their parents to apply for independent student status with Student Finance England, uh, which gives them access to um, the maximum maintenance loan, which can be really crucial. Um, Sometimes students um, might be completely set in terms of finances and accommodation, but have concerns about perhaps fitting in, um, feeling like they're um, a little bit different to other students. Um, Sometimes it might be about arriving alone without any support on arrivals weekend if they're moving on to campus accommodation. So um, we look to try to support students at those points as well. Lovely, thanks. Um, Now, I know that at UEA, you offer a pretty amazing package of support um, and care that comes under the Including Me programme. Could you explain a bit more about what happens and the kind of support that that programme does offer? Sure, of course. I mean, the crucial thing to mention about the Including Me programme at UEA is that it's open to anyone at Sixth Formal College or who's done recent study um, who's considering studying at a university anywhere. It doesn't have to be UEA. So um, that's just a really important thing to point out. The support that we offer will hopefully be helpful and relevant no matter what university the student is hoping to progress to. So um, we try to offer a variety of opportunities and activities to suit different people. So um, I offer video chats with prospective students and also with um, staff and advisors. So um, if a member of staff at a um, school, college or sixth form or other training provider is looking to uh, find out a bit more about support at university across the country for students from particular groups, then they're very welcome to arrange a video chat with me. Um, It's nice and informal and we can just talk through any questions that you have um, as staff. Um, Equally, students are welcome to arrange a video chat and find out about things like application support, um, accommodation, um, finance and support services once students arrive. I also offer um, campus visits, which can be a really fantastic way for students to experience a university campus in a really informal and supportive environment. So an example of this is our student shadowing days where I pair 
a student up with a current UEA undergraduate who's studying a subject that they're interested in. It means that they get that real insight into the course, what it's like to study, what the timetable might be like and the teaching style and can see the facilities. But we'll also build in um, things like looking into accommodation and perhaps visiting some of our specialist support services as well, if that's relevant. And the same sort of arrangement can be put in place for groups as well. I sometimes have groups from particular residential homes or um, fostering networks um, coming to campus. And um, that's something that we can arrange too. I work with lots of other universities. Um, I think it's really important to try and show students as many opportunities in the local area as possible. So um, I've got great links with some of the other brilliant universities in the area. Um, we run a residential summer school um, every summer for students with care experience, and that's in partnership with Norwich University of the Arts and the University of Suffolk. And um, this year we're also doing some daytime visits for year 11 and 12 students with the University of Cambridge. So that's really exciting. For current students, so those are students that have chosen to come to UEA and have arrived, there's a whole other sort of set of support and um, services available to them. There's a substantial bursary of £2,500 per year for students that are eligible from care-experienced and estranged backgrounds. And then I run what, something we call the SEAS Network, so that's Care Experienced and Estranged Students Network, which is a informal sort of support and information service for um, students who self-identify as having care or estrangement experience. I arrange things like social activities, I signpost towards funding um, and work opportunities and lots of information about student support. So I'm kind of the um, first point of call for some students if they're looking for some informational support but aren't quite sure where to go. Working with teachers and advisors uh, across all of this work is really crucial so that students know where to find the information and the support that they need. So um, I do encourage any colleagues to get in touch with any questions or to refer any students for visits and um, video chats. And then the final thing that we do um, quite a lot of is signposting students to um, really brilliant, trusted external um, sources of support as well. So um, there are some national charities that do really great work for students from these groups. Um, so to name a couple, the Propel website is a great source of information for students to compare the support on offer, um, such as bursaries and year-round accommodation at different higher education institutions across the country and the Become website, which specialises in supporting um, anyone with experience of family estrangement. Lovely. Thanks, Liv. I think it's so good to know that there's so much support available um, for those students. Uh, you're available on Ask Us if advisors or students would like to send you any questions, aren't you? Yeah, of course. I'm really happy to hear any questions from students, staff, guardians, parents, carers, um, anyone at all um, through the Ask Us webpage. So that's uea.ac.uk forward slash ask hyphen us. Um, if you click on staff and then look for me as my role as widening participation officer, you can reach me directly and we can web chat. If it's easier to just drop me an email, please do. My email address is including me at uea.ac.uk. Thanks so much, Scott and Liz, for your time this afternoon. You've given us some really helpful overviews about areas that we don't necessarily know that much about already. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school. Great stuff. Thanks again to Liz and Scott there. Now, before we go, I'm just going to invite Alex back. Now, you're going to tell us a bit more about a new resource we've developed that we can send out to our listeners. 
So something that we've just developed really recently, actually, is because we know that there will still be some students who haven't really started the process of deciding where to go, what to apply for, filling in their UCAS form, is we've created a late applications toolkit. So this is something we can send out to you that you can pass on to your students and just provides a variety of web links that will help them through that decision-making process. So right from what kind of course do I want to be studying through to how can I write in my personal statement and things like that. So if you do have students that you're a bit worried about because they've made a last minute decision to apply or they just haven't got around to starting yet, if you just drop us an email at schools at uea.ac.uk or contact your local HEA, we can send you a copy of that application toolkit, which will just kind of really help them on their way and give them some guidance through that process. Great stuff. Yeah. And please do get in touch if you'd like us to send that out to you. But for now, that's it for this month and indeed this year. In the new year, you will have a new podcast host. So Ellen will be looking after things for you. But in the meantime, have a great winter break. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion or ask us a question. Drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.